Okay, welcome guys to our new review format for the first man. How's it going, Dave? What's up, Shane? Dave is with me today, and we're gonna talk about the first man real quick. So let's go straight into the synopsis. Uh, me and Dave saw it on Tuesday. <clears throat> so, first man synopsis. On the heels of their six-time Academy Award-winning smash, La La Land, Oscar-winning director Damon Chazelle and star Ryan Gosling re-team for Universal Pictures, The First Man. Actually, First Man. The riveting story of NASA's mission to land a man on the moon focusing on Niels Armstrong in the years 1961 and to 1969 a visceral first-person account based on the book by James R. Hansen. The movie will explore the sacrifices and the cost on Armstrong and on the nation of one of the most dangerous missions in history. All right, David, let's go straight into it. What did you think of this adaptation? An adaptation? Um, that's actually an interesting question because I'd love to see what people who read the book actually think of the adaptation. But... Um, as a film, I enjoyed it. I have issues with it. It's Damien Chazelle. He's a director that I think is one of the um, best young directors right now. And I've loved every one of his movies. But I only liked this one. I didn't love it like the other two. Okay. But I would say it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I won't go into details right now because... We'll go into details later, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's definitely a movie that keeps you visceral, visceral in terms of it makes you feel what it must have been like to sit in the shuttle and launch. I think they do a very good job of that. I just have issues with the story, but again, I'll go into details later. Well, again, I mean, for me, because I don't know much about uh, Neil Armstrong's story, especially before the launch. So I guess for me, that was interesting, but I can't really comment on the adaptation just because I don't know how accurate it is. I mean, I think in terms of the events, I mean, I don't, I am a huge sci-fi fan and by nature, I'm a huge fan of like space stuff. And so I don't know much about Neil Armstrong's personal life. But in terms of the events that happened, in terms of this, you know, the things leading up to um, the moon landing, in terms of the space race with Russia and how Russia got there first and how America was struggling to figure it out and the accidents that happened along the way, I knew all that, you know. Um, okay. So okay. those events I knew. And I think most people, at least Americans, or most people that have a general sense of the moon landing will know of those events definitely in america because some of these events were huge um but actually I'll, I'll give you one thing they did a good job of showcasing that at the time not everyone in the public thought this was a good idea a lot of people because we look back on it now and think yeah it was great they did it it was amazing but at the time there was a lot of people that thought it was dumb and it was stupid and it was a waste of taxpayers' money. And the movie gives us hints of that, though I wish it went further. Yeah, they just give yes. us a little glimpse yes. of it. They don't dive too deep into the controversies. Yes. And, which you know, goes into part of my nitpicks, which I'll go into later. But for me, um, I think the movie was pretty... It was gripping the whole time until the third act, which... 
the you IMAX know, act. I know they're gonna land at the fucking moon. You mean huh? the IMAX act? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I was actually I was on YouTube the other day and I saw the IMAX kind of preview for First Men, and I'm and in my head I'm like, it only makes sense for the third yeah. act. They don't even fucking use IMAX no. camera for the whole movie. <laughs> I, I'm like, and this might be a spoiler, but I feel like we have to let people know that if you're going for an IMAX experience yeah you get it mm-hmm. but you get it for like five percent of the movie yeah. you know so you have like one like one little chunk of the movie that gives you that raw imax experience and then the rest of the movie is just not that i think they, they're and overselling think that, that that brings us into our next category which is what do you think of uh, the aesthetics of the movie also including the cinematography i thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I think if this movie gets any recognition, it should be for the cinematography and we're going mm-hmm. to later the directing. Um, it had that kind of like 60s aesthetic. Yeah, it did. It you did. Know? And it's surprising how well it was it, done. It looked like they took the cameras back in time and filmed then. Absolutely. I felt like I was watching a documentary the yeah. whole time and the way they have this, um, you know, handheld movement mm. the whole time. I, I don't think at any point the cameras was uh, on sticks. You know, at any point they used the tripod. It was just handheld movement. I'll give it to the cinematographer because they got just that perfect balance that it was handheld, but it didn't get annoying. Because I yeah. thought it would. Because I was like, okay, how long can mm-hmm. this last? You can't do this the whole film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You kind of forget yeah, about it for after after a while. You get yeah. used to it. You get used to the movement. You guys, eh, there's not too much shakiness because I guess um, actually no, there is a, a lot of shakiness. <laughs> there is a lot. Of it's almost uh, you know like when you do a digital zoom and you get mm-hmm. that little bit of shake. That's yeah. what it looked like sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But again, I and, think it was just on the edge of being annoying, but didn't quite cross yeah. it. Yeah. And especially for me, someone who has a lot of motion sickness, yeah. um, I noticed it a lot, but it wasn't, it didn't affect me by no, any no, means. No. I didn't feel like And I think they, they do a lot more of it in the space launching scenes or any scenes that mm-hmm. showcase the training sequences and things like that. Um, they, they give us a lot of shake, but they use it well because, like I mentioned earlier, they remind us that... Um, astronauts going into space especially then it wasn't like this comfortable you know like you're sitting on a plane like we look at yeah. space as a spaceship or a rocket and because it's so big you think there's so much space in there we don't realize that mm-hmm. like 95 percent of that is fuel it's just like this little cramped yeah. space for the astronauts that they're sitting in there like it's pretty for us to look at from the ground but for them they just yeah. like shaking 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 space <laughs> like, yeah, there's even a quote when someone asks him, uh, "What would you want to bring in space?" He's like, "More fuel." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they try and cram in as much, and it's you know yeah. because like little things like blue sky, and there's nothing else in the in, in your visual field for reference. When you're blasting up, you don't feel like you're moving forward. All you just feel is just shaking, and then all of a sudden black. And I think they did a great job of that because we never get any and again slight spoilers but you never get any real shots of the launches from outside the ship every launch is from inside 
you know and i think i love that i think they did a great job of that because you and those are the scenes that i think are the best part of the movie those moments where the characters are either going through training or on a rocket or just anticipating like okay i'm about to do this you know i think those are the best moments in the movie because i think those are the moments where you connected with the characters the most um yeah because you're going on a journey that you might not come yeah. back i mean not a lot of people know what it feels yeah, like to yeah. do this definitely i think i um, think even this... even the synopsis even says that a visceral first person account yeah. like literally you see first person is, account. i think that first person account can come from many places from the um acting directing script dialogue whatever but i think the cinematography first and then second in conjunction with the directing did the best job of conveying conveying that first hand account specifically through these these scenes um and we're going to later i keep saying that but um i think other places it felt it it wasn't as strong they kind of held the movie back um but the cinematography does such a powerful job that it overshadows some of these negative aspects until you think about it and i think that's why some people some people even be um people who love the movie will say oh i love this 10 out of 10 because of these specific scenes not because of the entire mm -hmm. movie you know because i yeah. think that's how much they stand out yeah, the movie's really personal, yeah. and I think that's what uh, I enjoyed yeah. the most about it. Not even the space scenes. Those, you know, they're not special to me. Those, those were really good, but those are not the, the scenes or the moments I actually cared about. <laughs> IMX promoted. Every, every, every movie is like, oh, IMX special, yeah. watching an IMX now. But like 1% of them are actually shot with right. IMX cameras, and the good ones that are are absolute trash, like Transformers. Yeah. But oh well, hey, let's maybe just get over be. it. <laughs> maybe Bumblebee. <laughs> All right, let's go into acting. What did you think of the acting? Let's you know, let's talk more just about the two main characters, which is Claire Foy, who plays uh, Neil Armstrong's wife, and Ryan Gosling. Um, I think Claire Foy, hands down, was the best part of the movie. You know, my this is my problem because Claire Foy in the movie is the best and worst part of the film. It's the best part because she was absolutely fantastic as an actress, um, as this wife and mother who's like trying to go through all this stuff that's <clears throat> new to her, new to the world, but she has to put on a brave face. Like, I wish the movie was told from her perspective as the wife of the first band and everything she went through. Because I think she's the most interesting character in that whole film. Um, what she goes through, like... There's certain moments where I'm just really with her and just... Yeah, because is it worth losing your husband over... Yeah, and just seeing... And then again, we have to remember that this is completely uncharted, uncharted territory for humans, you know, and like she has to keep this family together, but she isn't like this weak woman. She's in fact, in many places, she's stronger than, than Neil. Cause she's the one that's like telling him, "Hey, get your shit together," you know, like yeah, talk to your kids, like, tell them what's going yeah, and on. And I love that about her. I just I say it's the worst because I feel like we don't get enough of her, and this is why I wish the film was told from her perspective. Um, Ryan Gosling, I don't know. 
I think he did the best with what he was given. I just don't think he was given as much. Because I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to play Neil Armstrong as this distant person. And so he does a great job of playing this distant character. And I think any faults aren't his. I just think in terms of writing, they kept it too distant. Because it's a movie called First Man about the first man. And I don't know about him. I know what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. You don't know about his character. You don't know about how the guy actually yeah. was, you know. Because there's moments where, you know, when we talk, and this is history, so it's not really spoilers. You know, his daughter dying. There's a moment where people want to talk to him about it. And you think it's going to eventually happen. And we don't even, we don't even understand, like, the impact the real impact of his daughter's death on him. We just know that he was sad. And and I think part of the problem is because there was always a distance with his character. And I know that was a, there's a choice. So I, I don't know if it's a fault or not. I just can say that I don't think it was the right choice necessarily because... Yeah, I don't think there was any heart-to-heart moment with his character no. and any anybody else no. really. But there was like hints of it. Yeah, I feel Ryan Gosling was just Ryan yeah. Gosling from Drive. Yeah, he was just. That's what I said. It's not his fault. It's just he was just Gosling. It's. I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. I wasn't um, unimpressed by his character. I do like Ryan Gosling a lot, even though I feel his acting is very similar in yeah. all the serious movies. It, it is. <laughs> this. Do you know what this I really was? Like him, though. It was his character from Drive. Yeah, like he barely talks. That's exactly what it was. He's always silent. Yeah, just all expression, all facial like, expressions. Again, outside of you are sad, I never understood mm-hmm. like the sequence of events that happened that lead him to become the first man to be on the moon. Mm-hmm. How does that, like, I'm trying to not spoil the sequence, even though it's real history. Certain people die that leads to a point where he's the next in selection. Like, yeah. we don't under, get to understand how that made him feel to go from being this guy who the soldiers made fun of, like, oh, look, this desk jockey, to being the guy that gets to go on the moon. Like, that emotional journey, I don't think was done well, or at least was written well. Because, have you seen Whiplash? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where the difference is. For you guys who don't know, Damon Chazelle also usually writes his films. This is one of the few times he didn't write it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Whiplash does a fantastic job of seeing the the journey of the character and this one i felt wasn't the same i like i don't know any more about neil armstrong after the film than i did before this film but i you just know more about the yes i just know the events i know what happened to him and he was sad about it like any other person would be and i know more about his wife though but i think again if the movie wasn't called first man that wouldn't be as big a problem for me uh-huh. but it's called uh-huh. first man i want to know about yeah. the first man <laughs> you know like and it's a nitpick i i can admit that it's not something that says well fuck this movie don't watch it because of that no yeah i just no of course not of course it's not. just for me takes it down a notch especially and again i'm also comparing it to what damon chazelle has done i tend to compare directors to their past work 
Like yeah. his seven out of ten is like a ten out of ten for other directors. <laughs> so let me just put that. I there. mean, they use their name to promote their movie, so we can use their old movie it, to exactly. Bash exactly. on the new movie <laughs> because coming from um, Whiplash to La La Land, this movie I still think is the bottom bottom of that list because of yeah, nitpicks like that. Me too. You know. Mm-hmm. Even though it's the most actually no, it's not even the most spectacular because La La Land is just out of this fucking. Yeah, movie. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But let's go back to Claire Foy. I didn't know much about her. I don't think I've ever seen her on screen before this movie. And I did a couple of research and she is in The Crown, which I have not watched. It's on Netflix, uh, but I heard it's a great show. And she's in the movie coming out, The Girl in the Spider's Web, oh, nice. taking Rooney Mara's place. Nice. And she was in the movie Unsane, which got pretty decent reviews, didn't see it. And the movie Breathe with um, Andrew Garfield, directed by, by Andy Serkis. All those movies just came out. They're really, really recent. So it makes sense for me to not have seen her yeah. around at all. Okay, let's jump into the score. Let's go real quick on that. Um, I loved it. What did you think? Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. Um there were moments that made me feel of Interstellar. Yeah. the score, the space scenes. Um, it has that kind of old school vibe to it. But it has, a, mm-hmm. it, what it does, I think it does a good job of adding to the realism of the film. Mm-hmm. Because when we, whenever mm-hmm. we tend to do with space movies or movies about us going to space, it tends to be a sci-fi story. Yeah. And I think the score alongside the cinematography helped ground the movie and remind us that no these are real events yeah i think it was really well done i liked it a lot i think it's one of the best parts so the score was by justin Hurwitz, who also did uh, the score for La La Land and whiplash um yeah i thought the score was good i didn't think it was outstanding it's good in a way where when you leave the theater it still kind of plays in your head and you still remember it which is something i like um, it didn't go as far as scores from, you know, 2001 or Interstellar where you have this crazy orchestra playing while your spaceship is going into space. They keep it much more grounded, but you have little hints and feels of this grand, you know, grandeur. How do you say that? This grand adventure. Let's put it that way. But yeah, I do enjoy the score. You know, you said something really interesting that takes me back to um, what I would have loved from the story. And it, the movie teases it as well. I wish you went into it. Like, every time Neil is looking through the, I forget what it's called now, to chart, chart the stars type thing, like you could tell he was into that. But the movie should have done more to show us that. Because a lot of these people that want to do this, they did it because they actually had that sense of wonder. I want to go out there. That sense of like, what is beyond the horizon? Like, wow. Like, this, the moon landing was the reason why a lot of that sparked. You know, out of that, every little kid that grew up to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, uh, uh, what's it called, <laughs> the other guy, um, science guy, Bill Nye, science guy. These are these are ki- who people who were kids or young when the moon landing happened, and then all of a sudden people creating things like Star Trek, Star Wars. Like, oh my God, where else could we go to? Because this is the first step, and I wanted to feel that from Neil. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if it almost felt like he didn't want to do it. Some parts of the movie, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like like what it's like. Oh well, I guess I'll I'll be the guy. It's like oh, whatever. I'm next in line, so I'll I guess do it. Okay, fine. I'll yeah, just do fine, this. Fine, I'll do it. Like that's how I felt. You know, part of the time. Like I wish there's yeah. more. Again, this can be chalked up to um, uh, point of view. I, I'm a person who sees the space race as this like amazing thing, and I loved mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It, that aspect of history is an awesome time that I like to always read up on. Also the trailer. I saw the trailer recently when we went to watch Venom yesterday, which, well, that's another, <laughs> that's another discussion for another time. Um, the trailer really sells it as this, this you know, epic right? adventure movie, which it, it's no, not at all. Not at all. It's not. It's very grounded, very emotional. It's slow move, slow and, paced. Yeah. You know, like yeah, very slow paced. Uh, purposefully paced, not no, a bad not, thing. Not in a not bad, a bad way, way, but means, it's yeah. purposely slow paced. Yeah. But it's not this like heart thumping epic IMAX experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go to Damien Chazelle. How good was this guy? Little child prodigy. Fucking third movie. I think, um, once again, he was one of the best parts of this film, his directing. I think he did a great job um, directing this film. Um, He really did a lot to kind of evoke tension um, when there was no dialogue. You know, there's moments where people are just sitting down, something's happened, and you can feel the tension in the room you can feel the atmosphere um he like i mentioned earlier um the scenes where it makes you really feel like the astronauts going up it wasn't this glamorous affair it was scary it was intense it was unnerving and you felt that with them and you felt that something can go wrong at any moment and even moments with um claire voice character as the wife you know just how the moments he had with her, like he, he gave us really cool moments with certain characters. I don't want to go into spoilers, but I think with certain characters, he gave us really cool moments. And I think that's kudos to Damien Chazelle. He's very good with capturing character, which is why I wish he wrote this. I think <laughs> if he wrote this movie, it would have been tighter. Cause that's the part of the issue. Like I don't mind some of the scenes. I just think some things, like the movie was too long. Okay, so the runtime for the movie is actually two hours and twenty yeah, minutes. See, close to twenty-one minutes. That's way too long. Like, I think for a movie like this, didn't need to be that long. Um, and I think part of that is because he didn't write it. I think if he wrote it, he would have made the script a lot tighter. It would have flowed mm-hmm. better, and it would have had more of a rhythm. Because he tends to have a rhythm to his movies. It's, I mean, it was easier because the last two movies dealt with music, but I w- I feel mm-hmm. like. He has his rhythm, but the script kind of didn't work mm-hmm. with that rhythm as well as it could have. That's true, though, because also because at the end of the movie, it goes back to one of the events that happened at the start of the movie. And it and really comes to a point where you kind of forgot about yeah. it. You really yeah. did until they bring it back and you're like, oh, yeah, huh? forgot that yeah. happened. Because that event should have been they're trying to make that event as his purpose but mm-hmm. because the key, the character is so distant, we don't get mm-hmm. into his head as to why mm-hmm. outside of, oh, 
it makes him feel this way. But that's yeah. easy. That event happened to anyone would make you feel that way. Let's go deeper. Because yeah. then when he does that thing at the end, I'm like, okay. I feel like it wasn't as emotional as they wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Definitely. Like, right. Definitely. <laughs> but let's jump to our last little topic. How did you find the special effects? And especially in the last part of the movie, the one they try to sell so much the, with the, the IMAX, IMAX commercial. <laughs> I'm, I'm on two minds of this. Um, mm-hmm. I think we, we've been kind of spoiled by sci-fi films. Um, so sci-fi films make certain things feel like exciting and epic. And the reality of it is pretty boring. And so it kind of works because like the moon landing... It it looked at times it looked like they were just on a soundstage. But the reality of it is because of how light would work in that environment, that's exactly how it would look like. You know, that's, that's why a lot of people think the moon landing was faked in the first place. Um in terms I and I feel like in with effects, because they, they don't do a lot of visual effects in terms of computer animation. I think they do a lot of uh, practical as much as possible. And and they cheat that by doing a lot of things where they're inside the cabin. Like I said before, we we never go outside to, really to see the rocket launching. We get distant shots or we're cramped inside and then they land. Um, so I think they did a good job with that. Um, a lot of it was calculated. I want, I want to know what the budget was for this. It'd be interesting to find out. I read somewhere that they created the the biggest lighting rig in film history for this film. I don't know where it was used, to be honest, because I'm trying to think where would they use that. Um, but apparently that happened. It's got to be in the third act, because I f- feel the third act, the aesthetics and the way the film looks and feels just completely changed oh, as yeah. soon as that rocket launched. Completely. Completely. And even the film, like the film grain, there's like no film grain yeah. at all. It's like a clear digital picture yeah. at the end, which in the beginning, you know, we were talking about that 60s. Do we film. know if they filmed that last, that last act with IMAX cameras? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's why. Yes. Yeah. That's probably why. But also, um, I liked, I liked the way that, uh, the way the feel of the movie completely changed. Fuck, I don't, I don't know how to really express that, but I guess you, you have to see the movie to really, <clears throat> you know, to be with this film grain handheld shots through two hours and then the last, I don't know, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. it's this freaking clear IMAX picture of the moon, so. It's, I think what you're trying to say is it's almost like they visually transported them from one world to another world. That's exactly what I mean. How did you figure that out? I couldn't even see it. Because that's what it was. That's what I think that's what it was. Because that's what it is, yeah. right? We're going into a whole new place. And that's, again, part of my nitpick. Because I wish that that was more of a focus of the film. I wish they focused more on how the political uh, climate affected all of this. They don't mention, like... Um, JFK to way down the line. JFK is w- one of the people who spearheaded, you know, the moon land in the first place, and then he obviously got assassinated before it, it was over. Um, do you think the the whole big deal about the flag was a big deal now after seeing the film? 
all. <laughs> I don't know why like it was barely, controversy. I can't remember. Did they actually plant the flag? No, no, they don't. They don't show us the moment of planting the flag because yeah. we've all seen that. Yeah, because I can't remember. But the flag it. is there. There's a, when the okay. there's a point you do see the flag, so it is, it is okay. there. And here's my other thing. Um, is this a spoiler? I don't know. We all know he says um, the the phrase "one small step for man." That's such a great, great um, quote. You know, with a lot of meaning and depth. It's a small step for man. He takes that little step, but it's a giant leap for man t- mankind because the fact that we've landed on the moon. That's such a great quote. I felt from the movie I saw that Neil Armstrong read that quote on the back of a napkin. You know, because like, it doesn't feel like the same person would say that quote. And I don't understand. And that's part of my problem. Can I tell you? I almost wish Damien Chazelle had worked with IMAX to make a documentary. Because the best parts of the movie are the documentary elements of it. Where it mm-hmm. feels like, okay, you're telling me this real story. It's any of the mm-hmm. stuff that is story-based fell mm-hmm. flat to me. But highly, I think people should watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely, definitely think we're not that, we're not bashing. We're ba- we're not bashing. No, I'm not we're saying avoid saying, it. Definitely not saying avoid yeah. it. I think we should make well, that clear. That, that brings us into our I wouldn't say review criteria. How would we say that? Our conclusion about the movie. So it's either watching in theaters, wait for it on demand, or wait for it on one of your streaming platforms or Netflix or something. So. What do you say for that? I think it varies. If you're interested in the moon landing and um, some of the elements of the story, and not necessarily the story, but just like the events that happen, if it's something that you're interested in, I say definitely check it out in theaters. Um, a lot of the direction and cinematography, I think, need to be appreciated in theaters, not at home. Um, it's not a movie I would say I'd watch multiple times over. I think once will be enough for a gap, and then maybe I might rewatch it way down the line. But I think if you're a fan of certain types of films, definitely you should watch it in theaters. Um, just know that it isn't this like epic, fast-paced, heart-thumping movie. Because I, I look at a lot of reviews, and they'll be like, "This is this heart-thumping movie." I'm like, "No, you're just remembering the heart-thumping moments." <laughs> but yeah, the movie, yeah. like, because it's not bring yeah. it down a bit, because you're gonna raise people's expectations, yeah. you know. Because I think mm-hmm. there'll be a subsect of moviegoers who will be like, "Oh, is it boring?" <laughs> yeah, it's too <so laughs> it's long, so it's too so slow. Because not everyone can appreciate the no, movies no. like we do. That's the thing; it's not it's not for everybody, and mm-hmm. I think that needs to be also made clear. It is a, a purposefully slow movie in parts because it has a different kind of focus, um, but. I, I, I definitely I don't regret seeing this in theaters and I think if mm-hmm. if it's a movie you want to watch don't wait mm-hmm. there's nothing what else is there? it's not like there's other yeah what else what is going on <laughs> Star is Born I guess yeah. so don't even go watch Venom it's yeah, no. fucking time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree with you um, same thing as you said it really depends I would definitely say go watch it in theaters because I did really enjoy the cinematography and how the the presentation of the movie um, but it's really not for everyone. I wouldn't recommend a lot of my close friends no. to go watch it because I don't know they'll just come out of it and be like, dude, that was so slow. 
uh, what the hell are you giving me to yeah. watch? I, I just know it's not for everyone. But it is a very good yeah. movie. Alright guys, uh, thank you guys for listening. Give a couple of shout outs to some of our shows. We have Bunch of Trailers episode 17.5. Because Is that the one you posted, Shane? The first one? Or 17? Yeah, uh, no, 17 is the one oh, I posted. Oh, 17, I'm post 17. Sorry. Uh, we Today. had a long Bunch of Trailers podcast and it got split in two, so look up for those. We also have upcoming reviews um, for. What, what's coming on Netflix? Oh, The Apostle, Gareth Evers' new yes. movie, which I'm looking forward to. We also have The Kindergarten Teacher, which also looks really good. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. And Maniac, we should have a review soon, so look out for those. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And this was a Nerdy Bunch review with Shane O'Mac and David. Until next time, keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy, guys. <laughs>